0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Be the Leader You Deserve podcast, where our mission is to inspire you to ask yourself, are you the leader you deserve? Hey, I'm Jill Handley. And I'm Laura Donnelly. And this is season two, episode eight, The Core Values of Educational Media. And in this episode, we will be interviewing another courageous female leader, Tony Kahn's Tony Toni is currently the chief communications officer for the Kentucky Department of Education. But before we get started, we want to give a shout out to Kenwood Cubs, who left the following five-star reviews on Apple Tunes. Inspirational insight into effective leadership, great guests, and accomplished hosts share the secrets of success, upbeat and positive vibes that can create a fun and informative view. Thanks so much for that great review. We certainly do appreciate it. So welcome, Tony. We're so glad that you could join us. Well, thank you. I really uh, appreciate the invite.
1: It's uh, such an honor to be asked. So thank you very
0: much. <laughs> we, are, we are glad that you are here. But before we get started, um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your current role? Um,
1: yes. So um, in my current ro- role, um, so officially I began, um, I was an interim uh, director of communications. I started uh, earlier this year in January. Um, while I was still in Jefferson County Public Schools in a communications department, so I um I was at. So I started in this particular role as an interim in January, and of course um, had no idea that we were going to be uh, coming up with a pandemic uh, in, you know, in in a very short period of time. And then, um, as we searched for a new commissioner of education. kind of stayed on with that process. And then when our new commissioner was chosen, uh, to uh, take the job full time. So about a month ago, I guess it was made uh, official that I joined um, KDE and left JCPS um, as chief communications officer. And in that role, um, I kind of just call, I I like to refer to myself as kind of like a chief storyteller and and my staff as, as chief storytellers. Because um, really what we do is work with our districts and our teachers and our principals and families to really tell the stories of what is what is taking place in our schools and to really build that support um, because there are a lot of things going on. Um, whether it's, you know, we're living in the COVID world or non-COVID world. Just think there's a lot of great, exciting things going on in our school system that aren't necessarily uh, told and you don't necessarily hear about. And so i um, just really excited to kind of take that emphasis from um, a county level to a statewide level and really provide um, that kind of uh, leadership at the state level.
0: I love that. I love that title, Chief Storyteller. That sounds like a fun title. I know. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: this season, we've been discussing courageous leadership, specifically with female leaders. How would you define courageous leadership?
1: Well, I'm, you know, I'm still somewhat new at the leadership thing. Um, You know, as I said, I kind of just, this was really my first leadership role. Um, And it does, although this year does feel like it's been about five years. (laughs) Um, And I couldn't, and I could not tell you what, I mean, I know, I think I know what day today is, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, but I know you all can relate to that because it's just, you know, you throw in a holiday and things are really messed up. So, um, but I, I think I would define courageous leadership as someone who is not afraid to stand up for what is right. And someone who is able to tackle difficult topics and, and issues and, and different tasks. Um, and I think you know, when you think about just being courageous overall, it's about being a person who shows compassion for others, and someone who isn't deterred but deterred by adversity. Um, you know, they're objective and they have integrity. Um, and then when you add that leadership component to it, it's about it's basically just kind of helping others be courageous. That's kind of how I saw it. And you know, so sometimes, you know, when you're in that in this position, and I've certainly come across that this year particularly with uh, COVID-19 and and trying to lead the Department of Education and communications efforts, you know, sometimes it's about persistency and just pushing through when there's, there might be some resistance and, and just knowing that eventually there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And a lot of the times, you know, some of the decisions you make um, are not going to be the most popular ones. Um, But, you know, sometimes, and sometimes they cause you to step out of your comfort zone Um, but you know, I just think, you know, that's, that's all about being, you know, courageous. And I think that's kind of just sums it up. And I feel
2: like that's one of the reasons why we were like, Tony is definitely a great person to have on because we feel like you are really courageous in, um, the stories that you publish and things like that. And I, I can't imagine how much courage it does take to post something that's not necessarily popular because that's your work. That's what you're publishing, um, I can't imagine how difficult that must be. Yeah, it, I mean, it. it
1: is difficult, you know, and especially, you know, in, in this, in this particular year, it's been, um, you know, and I, and I did have about, you know, two months maybe of, where it was not, you're not working in an emergency pandemic type of thing. Um, but I always just kept in, I just try to keep in the back of my mind that, you know, I stay true to who I am as a person. And then I try to um, remember that with my staff that, you know, I don't forget to celebrate them when they're being bold and when they're being brave, um, particularly when things are challenging. And and this has been a very challenging year um, for all of us. um, But we're all doing a great job um, of supporting our schools and our districts. And, you know, the work that we've done, you know, I'm so incredibly proud of. And so, you know, it's, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of courage, uh, within people, people. And so I just, um, I hope that I can, you know, as, as a leader, I hope I can bring that out and, and my staff and, and I'm you know, starting in the
0: world of social, I agree with Laura about your courage, because I just think about in the world of social media, um, how many attacks, you know, it's it negatively that can come across when you've published something that doesn't quite sit with other people well and so we we've done a lot of work with Brene Brown's uh, work and she talks about the critics how many critics are out there Um, how do you how do you deal with that
1: I think a lot of times you know you have to always separate you know you know staying true to who you are as a person um and you know social media you know i jumped on that train really early um in my career as a reporter um back before i was you know way before i, I entered the public relations field and you know i um i jumped on you know it was just in it and it was and it's hard not to take things personally um but i do think that that's part of being courageous is to learn how to um, you know, just kind of accept what people are saying and move on and, you know, kind of leave it where you, you have to leave it where it, you. I don't know, I can't, I don't know how to say it in words, but you just kind of like, you have to leave it and create this space around yourself to know that, you know, people are, you're always going to have people who don't necessarily agree with you, but know that at the end of the day, um, you are staying true to who you are and, and the values of your organization or the values of, of whoever you're working for. Um, and I've always worked for organizations or companies that I believe in, um, or else I would not work there, you know, that's just something I've always, um, it's always been important to me, um, as I've moved around from different States. So I've always found that great fit so that it was never unnatural for me to be an advocate or to be, um, you know, to, I I guess, not to not be natural by defending or, uh, or whatnot. So I think it's just kind of creating that space around yourself and not listening to critics and trying not to let them um, get to you. And I, you know, it it is hard because you are human. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just, it's difficult. This year, again, has been, it's been tough because everybody has an opinion on on COVID and schools (laughs) and, and then politics and, you know, and, there, and then politics plays in with COVID and what we should, you know, what should be done and what shouldn't be done, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you just, you stick true to what your mission is and um, you do the best to drive uh, results and, you know, you pick up, you pick yourself up and the next day I, is a that new day. Is, That is
2: great advice for all leaders, to be honest with you. Absolutely. And I can only imagine um, that creating that space is necessary just on an everyday basis when you post something, cause you're not ever going to make anybody happy, like you said, but especially now. So that's a really great, um, way to look at it.
1: Well, and you can't always, and I also, um, when I talk to other people about social media too, you can't be afraid of social media either. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, some, some people will say, well, I'm just not going to ever post or, you know, cause I'm afraid of, um, you know, I'm afraid of what people might say or or whatnot. And, you know, and, and it's, I don't post nearly as much, you know, content as I, cause I'm just so busy. Um, but I also, you know, I'm also running, you know, helping run the department and the department's Twitter feed and social media feeds and, yeah. and helping support, you know, my staff member who does that. And um, so there's, it's all about, I don't know, it's just about trying to figure out, you know, what your messaging is, And, you know, just keeping, keeping in mind the big picture and, and again, providing that space around yourself, but not being afraid and kind of being fearless around, okay, I know what my vision is and I know what I want to say. And, you know, before you even say it, you know, you know, you're
2: going to stand behind that. That's so important. So I'm going to be honest. We Jill and I were talking through um, different roles that we, we knew that you had, but, um, we weren't really sure what your journey was in all of that. So you've been a pillar of education, of educational communication for as long as we can remember. You've served in lots of different roles in the local news media, within JCPS, and now at the state level. Can you talk a little bit about your journey? Um, sure. So
1: it actually kind of started off by accident. Um, so I am originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I went to college in Hattiesburg, Mississippi at University of Southern Mississippi. And um, I was a double major there in criminal justice and journalism. And so I um, was actually working at uh, in criminal justice as a deputy sheriff. That is a really interesting uh, combination. For the... Absolutely.
2: <laughs> for the...
1: I just was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, figure out what I want to do. Right. So, and I had family and law enforcement and stuff. So I started off doing that. Um, and I had my son, I was young, I was 23 and, um, it was a really, um, you know, the shift was, it was 12 hour shifts. I was working nights, 6 PM to 6 AM, but I was throughout college. I was always, um, working at the newspaper, the you know the college paper. I worked for a daily newspaper or a weekly newspaper. And there was a position that became open at the Hattiesburg American for, um, my friend Amber was leaving and she was the education reporter. And again, I had just had a baby. My son was like maybe six months old at the time. And she was like, you know what this is it's not very often that a job opens up at the newspaper it's education she goes you might hate it i wasn't a fan but at least it gets you in in the door <laughs> and she's like you know and i didn't know much about it i mean no child left behind had just mm. gone through yeah. oh, wow. to <laughs> <end>. <laughs> my son was born in 2001 so this was this was in 2002 this was about springtime summertime of 2002 Um, And so I was thinking, you know, from my perspective, like, oh, as a new parent, you know, it'll be really good to, like, you know, know about education because I'm going to need to know these things. Right. Um, And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get out of this shift work from in law enforcement. I'm going to I'm going to put my focus full time into education reporting. And I loved it. Um, I haven't looked back. I spent um, a lot. I spent several years at the Hattiesburg American Uh, which was a Gannett paper, and then I transferred to Montgomery, Alabama, and I covered the Montgomery, Alabama schools for about three years as well, and then um, I moved here to Louisville in 2007 to cover Jefferson County Public Schools for the Courier-Journal, and then while I was, um, I stayed at the Courier-Journal until, um, I guess it was about 2014, when um, WDRB called, and they were making a bold move to um, hire some print journalists to go over to the TV side to do some in-depth reporting on on different beats. And they wanted an education reporter. And so um, I made the jump to TV and did that for three years. And um, and then I moved um, to, to JC. After that, I was, after three years in TV, I moved to JCPS and communications. Dr. Polio had asked me uh, to come on board and join his team. And so I did that. And then um, last December, I got a phone call from Kevin Brown asking (laughs) if I would be randomly in the middle, you know, in the middle of a Christmas party at my husband's uh, Christmas family's Christmas party, just saying, you know, hey, we really could use some help. Would you mind coming for a few months was the, you know, (laughs) just just a few months, Tony, that's all we need (laughs) you for. Um, you know, we expect this. All ra- the commissioner search will wrap up just in a few months. Everything was fine. Again, this is before COVID. Nobody had any idea this was going to happen. Um, and then, of course, it, it took a little bit longer, but um, it all worked out. And so now I'm at the Department of Ed and I'm really happy um, to be in this role. And uh, I think it's just come full circle that I'm still, um, after all of these years, initially walking into that newsroom in Hattiesburg, Mississippi to cover education as a new mom, my son is now a freshman at the University of Louisville. Oh, wow. He graduated um, from, yeah, from Atherton High School. Um, so he went to Bowen Elementary and then Westport Middle School. And then we chose Atherton for the IB program. And now he's a freshman at L. He's in the Metro College program. So he works um, third shift and, at UPS and, um, and they are paying for his college. So, yeah, so like his entire education career, Um, I've been covering education or been part of education. Um, And I was right. It it was very helpful for me (laughs) as as starting off at 23 and not knowing much about K-12 education and really kind of not just being an advocate for him, but also um, trying to be an advocate and to learn more about public education so that my readers and that the communities that I lived in um, learned more and understood more about policies and things that mattered, um, that mattered to them.
0: Well, Tony, you've definitely held a variety of roles and you're right. It has come very full circle. Um, aside from being a mom, because we know that's the most courageous role any woman will ever hold, um, which of your, your roles that you've just described required you to have the most courage and and talk about why you think that is.
1: Who? (laughs) Um, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I would have to say probably the move. Well, I would say there's probably two things. Um, the move from newspapers to TV was really difficult, or I think was not difficult, but more really courageous because that was just something I never thought what I, I would ever do in my career. Um, you know, I was a print journalism major. I never took a broadcast um, class. You know, we didn't. That was before. You know, there was art radio, television, and film majors, and there was print journalism, you know, so it was a total different pathway in college at the time. Um, So, you know, that was a big jump for me and a big difference, um, because there is a huge difference between a newspaper and a TV station, you know, and so, um, but what, you know, WDRB did in bringing over a team of print journalists, um, and having them provide, you know, in-depth coverage on specific beats was really remarkable, and no other station had done that and i learned so much during those 3 years i learned a lot about public speaking um you know just being able to uh answer questions you know it just it it kind of gave me a lot of perspective about you know being interviewed and um doing voiceovers and things like that so and then i would say probably um the the move from JCPS um to initially to KDE back in uh january because it came totally unexpected <laughs> And I wasn't prepared for that. And, you know, typically, you know, as a communications person, you like to be prepared for things. Um, so that was, um, I think that was probably, it took a lot of courage for that because it was just so unexpected. Um, and there really wasn't a playbook when I got there. There was no, there wasn't a plan. So I had to kind of um, develop an entire communications plan and, and kind of get everybody working on the same page. And um, so, but it, you know, it's been very rewarding. So. I
0: love how I can just hear the passion mm-hmm. in your voice and I love how your passion has led you there. It's funny because Laura and I, one of our favorite quotes and we put it on a lot of our stuff is um, passion led us here. You can definitely hear that passion um, in your voice. And I think, you know, sometimes that, that bit of passion is what pushes us to be so courageous. So you can definitely hear that coming through with you. Um, so this season we've been focusing specifically on courageous female leadership. Have there been times in your career where being female has played a role either in favor for you or against you?
1: Um, I think, you know, in my career, I've just, you know, as as a journalist, you always try to be, you know, I guess it it was a journalist and as a PR person you just embrace who you, who you are. And that's just how I've always been. I've, I've embraced who I am. And I happen to be a female (laughs) as a female, you know, who also happens to be a single mom who also had, I had been a single mom for a very long time. Um, And now I'm a wife. I've been married three years. Um, I bring a lot of experiences with me. You know, I've also lived in a lot of different States and I've covered a lot of news events at the local state and national levels. And so I think, you know, at times, um, you know, being a female played to my advantage, perhaps, and that I could relate to a lot of people. But then I think that there are times where maybe it did not. Um, you know, I certainly think there are you know are characteristics that you know that I have, but I don't think that there. I think it just deals to it's to me because of my personality, um, not necessarily because I'm a female or it's a gender based thing. Um, I just think I I. I've embraced who I am and then it just, I just happen to be a female and I'm definitely, you know, all about the female, um, you know, empowerment and building other you know, females up because I know, um, the importance of that and, and how impactful that has been in my life. And, and at times how, you know, sometimes when you come across other, um, other females that do not build others up, it can be devastating. You and (laughs) um, and that's happened to me on on several occasions, and so you and you have to, and it takes a little bit to get yourself up from that kind of situation. Um, but that's why, as a female leader in particular, I try to always um, just try to stay true to who I am and um, always kind of remember that golden rule, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're yeah. really curious what the gender roles were, were like in the media. Cause that's not something we have experience with. And I said to Joe, maybe it's a, um, being a female is advantageous in the media. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, you know, just being a reporter in general and just being, you know, I'm, I was just, you know, I was never afraid to ask questions, you know, I was very inquisitive as a child. So I always ask lots of questions, you know, and, you know, I, th- I don't know if that, I think that just speaks to me uh, in my personality. You know, I, I just, it's funny that you asked that because I just came across a picture that on my Facebook page, that was like from nine years ago when U um, S secretary Arnie Duncan was in town and he was at Shawnee high school at the Academy of Shawnee now, but, um, and it's a picture that somebody had took and I was in the middle of this like massive media crowd. <laughs> and today was the first time or yesterday is when I saw it, it was the first time I had realized I looked at all the other people in the picture and I was the oh, only wow. female. Wow. And, <laughs> yes. Like all, everybody else. I looked in there, you know, you've got um all the video people and the male reporters and the and I was like I was the only female and yeah I was right in the middle because I was wearing red and everybody else was wearing (laughs) I mean it's just a really weird I just like it just shows up and you're like wow I never noticed that before you know so I don't know um you know I certainly think there's there was a you know fair share of females um in you know newspapers and in tv I just think um it just, I guess it just depends. Well, it's funny that
2: you brought up asking questions because we talked in our last episode, um, Brene did this study with like uh a the top 100 companies um, or leaders and asked what made, um, what built trust with their employees the most. And they said it was when people were not afraid to ask questions or ask for help that built their trust as a leader. Um, so perhaps that's what it was. That's how you built a lot of trust with with your leadership. Yeah, I, I always,
1: you know, I think I just think there's nothing, you know, and I know a lot of people may not agree with asking questions a lot and you know, but I've always just been one that just embraces, you know, having conversations and having open conversations and wanting to do, you know, what's right and being very inclusive with conversations, you know, and and um and having, you know, talking with staff and and making check doing check-ins and Um, again, particularly, I hate to keep bringing COVID in, but, you know, this is the time when, you know, I haven't really seen my staff since, you know, and as you, you all as well since March, you know, um, other than through a zoom meeting or (laughs) a teams meeting. Um, so it's really important now to really kind of do those check-ins and I think, um, and to, you know, find additional ways, you know, I'm thinking, you know, with the holidays approaching, what are some You know, different ways, since I'm not going to be able to reach out to my staff and have, you know, like a holiday party or or something like that, you know, what are some different ways that, that, you know, we can celebrate where it doesn't feel like it's just another Zoom meeting, you know? Um, I don't know. I'm just so. If you all have any ideas, we actually know. do have some ideas. <laughs> <We'll> have- <laughs> I know. T- I know teachers and educators are so creative. So anybody who has any ideas, let me know.
2: We actually do have some ideas. We'll tell you about them later. <laughs> okay. Well, you're gonna have to let all me right. know. <laughs> well, um, speaking of asking tough questions, in um, her book, Brene Brown discusses the importance of core values, and it appears that one of your core values is courage because you aren't afraid to ask those tough questions. So what are other core values that you feel are important in your role as you report information to the public? Um,
1: I think um, definitely honesty, um, respect. Um, I know I mentioned compassion earlier. I think it is so important um, to remember and to remind, just to remember to be compassionate and to be, um, to always remember that, you know, you never know what somebody else might be going through or what they may have been through, um, because we all have our stories. We all know that we've been, you know, we've we've gotten to this point um, because of experiences that we've been through, or, or different, um, I, just experiences really. Um, I also think transparency is obviously vital um, because, you know, being a public entity, you want to, I mean, I, I fought for transparency as a reporter. I think it's just equally as important um, as a public, uh, as a public entity, you have to be transparent. Um, the ability to listen to people—you have to, in order to be a storyteller, you have to be able to listen um, and let people tell you their stories, and um, and then figure out a way to to make sure that you tell their stories correctly and accurately. Um, and then I think a big thing right now is really ensuring that we are inclusive um, in our responses. Um, because, you know, that is a, that is really huge, right, um, because of we have staff and students that come to us from all different backgrounds and um, just trying to make sure that everything that we do um, in reporting information to the public, whether it's, um, you know, pictures or audio or videos, to remember that, you know, we are being inclusive and um, including everybody, um, that, so that it's not just one particular group of students that's being represented, that it's equally re- representing all of our teachers and staff in different uh, roles and different genders and races and ethnic backgrounds um, so that um, the community can see um, our students in the Kentucky public education system uh, for the real makeup that it is. Because I think sometimes um, when you don't communicate how things, you know, what your numbers are and things like that, that um, then it's difficult to uh, to not be there. So you have to be inclusive in, in responses, I think. And that's a huge, huge thing. And I think even when you look at, at pictures and, and things like that, um, you talk about students looking and trying to find, um, trying to, to see themselves in curriculum. I think it's also important for the community to be able to see themselves in the communication that we give out Um, So I think that's an important, very important in in our role at the department to
2: when we report information to the to the public. Yeah, absolutely. Perspective and equity and representation are all um, super important. And and so it's nice that that's a focus at the state level as well. Um, Are there values that you hold true to personally that have ever been challenged professionally?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes, um, you know, just wanting to be bold and trying to fight for what you believe is right is not always going to be, you know, you might be with a group of others um, that may not agree with what you feel is right. So sometimes it's a challenge. Um, So I think that, you know, you come across, there's, I mean, I could think of several times where, you know, you have, I have come across where I feel and I don't know, I guess I don't know how to word it really, but I mean, I think that there's times where you just, you, you try to be bold regardless of what others feel and you stay true to what um, your values are. And I know I have said that before, um, but you know, you get into a situation where you might have others that um, may be fearful or may not have the same um background or want to go in the same direction um but when you know uh and have the skill set to be able to to be able to kind of collaborate and get people to to kind of see um things and communicate things um I think it's just as important to to be able to do that
0: yeah yeah for sure I hope that answers that question no no it absolutely does you know and I think kind of like being a change master you know
1: trying to um you know, stepping outside the comfort zone and, um, and trying to just, you know, enacting change,
0: even when it's not comfortable maybe no for sure and i think um i think you know you being bold and courageous are one and the same or would have helped make you so successful in what you do and you know appreciate people appreciate that that boldness um that it you know it requires in the position that you hold so so particularly being female you know sometimes sometimes i think there are females who personally can be bold, but when it comes to professionally, that's looked down upon sometimes. Um, And so I, you know, certainly applaud women who, who continue to understand what role that plays professionally. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So Tony, you do so much, I mean, you're in charge of so many things um, and you've also got a family, you know, we're always looking for ways to offer our, um, our listeners suggestions. Um, what suggestions do you have and how do you find that work-life balance or suggestions that you have for our listeners to, you know, when you're a leader and you, you wear a lot of hats, but you also have a family, um, you know, how do you find that balance? Um, So I just
1: always try, you know, my weekends, I try and I and I've gotten a lot better with this. Again, you know, the pandemic has not been easy because um, being a communicator in the time of of working in a crisis is, you know, it's it's something that you don't really you can't plan for and you can't predict and nobody ever thought this would happen. So um, if my husband would listen to this, he would say, oh, my gosh, you totally did not do this. But but I'm getting better. And I promise. (laughs) Um, no, we, and well, and then it just, you know, we've always tried to make, um, especially since I've gotten married. And even when I was, when my son was younger, I always, you know, I worked really hard, but I always made, um, a fat, I always made like a, a commitment to take my son and go on little trips. And, um, and when I took time off, it was time that was really valuable to, to my son and I. And, And it's the same thing that, um I do with my husband and, and my son. So, you know, we'll we'll take little lots of little trips or, you know, now that he my son's older, we can, you know, we fly and we do things. Um, but also just like weekends to just stay home and and to not, you know, tempt fight that temptation to get on the email all weekend long. And and it's difficult, or at nighttime, you know. Um, we now have like favorite sh- we have favorite shows that we watch. Although it was a little difficult because everything was like over with, yeah. <laughs> so now we're really <laughs> excited that our shows are like starting to start up again. <laughs> um, but you know, we watch. You know, we watched. Um, you know, we're big fans of the the music competitions and stuff on TV. So we like to sit down and and, and like laugh and watch those um, things together. So just trying to find things that even though my son's 19 now, um, trying to find things that we can do to connect together. Um, even if it is crazy and he's working third shift and my husband, my husband is a teacher by the way, in JCBS. So, um, you know, his stress load is quite crazy right now too, you know? Um, so just trying to manage for all three of us, trying to manage, um, what we're all going through right now with COVID and, um, making sure that we're not, you know, in each other's space with internet and things like that. And then just, you know, turning it all off and just trying to stay true to our, to our family time. And it's not, you know, one weekend is going to be different than another. Um, but um, just trying to, trying to do that and just spend time together. Because one thing I have realized um, is that you don't get that time back. And I, I don't know, I don't know where the time has gone and how
0: I have a 19 year old. I I that. <laughs> um, I, I, I can feel that as well. I've, I've got two girls who, well, my oldest graduated from Atherton as well. And my youngest, you know, she goes, she goes there now. So shout out to Atherton High <laughs> right. School. There. I'm telling um, you. But, but, <laughs> but definitely that, you know, it's funny, Tony, this is the second um, the second episode where we've heard email, people turning email away. Um, I think, you know, we don't recognize what a time suck that is. Yeah. Um, our emails, you know, our Heather Warrell was with us uh, a couple weeks ago, and she Talked about how she doesn't even have it on her phone. You know, Laura and I both (laughs) cringed at that because. I was like, oh, not being immediately accessible. Oh my! As a leader, oh, that made me so nervous. But it's funny—we've had several listeners reach out to us and say, like, we love that recommendation to hear you talk about email too. So I think that's that's really something for people to pay attention to: is how much time are you giving social media or your email that you could be spending with your your you know friends and loved ones? So that's that's exactly our- you know. And one little
1: trick that I've learned um, throughout my day, and which I never even thought of before. Was, you know, and one thing I've had to learn how to to get used to is having this like calendar schedule, right? Because before you just kind of did what you needed to do, and now everything is like on your your you know your in your internet calendar, you know. Uh-huh. And so, like when I would have appointments for, um, you know, like I call it self care appointments, you know, I never would put those into my schedule because I was like, well, even if it's at four o'clock, you know, and most of those are four o'clock or five o'clock or whatever. I would just say, Oh, okay, whatever. I'm just gonna, I'll just make sure I get off by four so that I can go make my appointment at, at five for, you know, whatever self-care appointment, I'm, whether it's a massage mm-hmm. or something, you know, get my hair done or whatever. And now I actually put those into my calendar. So it's a reminder to me that I have got, I need to leave because this is this, this is my, this is my drop dead time to get out of the office and to be done for the day, because I treat those like doctor's appointments, you know, those are those are down for self care. And, you know, I got away from that for a little bit. And, um, and, and it works, actually, when I actually put them into my calendar. So that has been a trick that has worked for me, I don't know if it'll work for somebody else. But actually putting those into your calendar as like, a, you know, almost like it's a doctor's appointment you know, how you would never miss a doctor's appointment. Um, I I will not miss my self care stuff, unless, of course, something major
0: happens. But (laughs) so that's been helpful for me. That is, that is a great suggestion. We talk a lot about self-care on here. So that is a great suggestion. Um, you know, we often phrase it as an appointment with yourself, but I love that thinking as though it's a doctor's appointment because we know, we know how important people view those as. So I love that suggestion. Thank you for that. I have
1: have to share. I even have to tell you my, I tell my hairdresser, I said in in there, I actually say you are down as Dr. Crystal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she laughs. laughs and I showed her, I, was, I said, this is how, this is
0: how I make sure I get to you on time. And she laughs. And she's like, Oh, I love that. That is, that is a great suggestion. Yeah. So, so Tony, our last question is a question mm-hmm. that we ask all of our guests and that is list three words that other people who know you would use to describe you. Uh, let's see. They would probably
1: say that, um, I think that they would describe me as being, um, I hope they would describe, well, I, I would, let's say this, I hope they would describe me as being compassionate, because um, I really feel that I am compassionate. Um, I definitely think they would describe me as being talkative. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I also think that they would resp- uh, describe me as being a, commu- just communicator, a communicative communicator, um, cause I'm always the one, I'm always one to want to talk things out and, um, try to work through problems and, and work through and try to get to a solution.
0: Well, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate you joining well, us. I
1: really appreciate you um, inviting me. I'm a fan of the podcast. I've been listening to it. One of the best things about working um, in Frankfurt is I get that 45 minutes to and from yes.
2: <laughs> podcast time.
0: Yes. Well, thank you for listening. We appreciate
2: that. This has been enjoyable to learn more about you. So thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Well, next week we will be interviewing another courageous female leader who has worked at the local, state, and national level. If you enjoyed this episode, the core values of educational media, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons that you see at the bottom of the post. In fact, we'd like to challenge you to share this episode and tag us with your core values. And don't forget to use the hashtag BeTheLeaderYouDeserve. If this is your first episode or if you have not listened to the entire first season, we would love to know what you think. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get automatic episode updates for our BeTheLeaderYouDeserve. And recently, we created a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page to give you more frequent updates, quotes, and inspiration to carry you through the week. Make sure to like and follow us at Be The Leader You Deserve to stay up to date with leadership ideas and updates of other projects that are in the works. And finally, please take a minute to leave us an honest review and ratings on iTunes. They really help us out when it comes to the ranking of the show, and we make it a point to read every single one of the reviews that we get. Thank you so much for listening.